What's going on? It is another week of the Kofifi Brothers coming to you live here from, uh, well, wherever we are. I guess, actually, technically not live. We're uh, we're pre-recording this, as most podcasts are done. Either way, shape, or form, we are here with you today. Uh, of course, my good friend, Mr. Mike, over there with me today. Mike, how you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing good. Yourself? Hey, doing pretty well, man. Pretty well. So, I uh, got a big episode. We're going to, like we said uh, in kind of our introductory episode there, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things that are kind of uncomfortable and kind of different and uh, some hard, uh, hard topics to discuss, I guess you should say. So, today we are going to be starting out. Uh, this will be our first, uh, I guess, true episode, as you could say. And uh, we've got a interesting and shitty topic to speak with you about today. And uh, so, Mike, basically what I was doing uh, over the last uh, week or so, I've been kind of going through uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, been going through their their hate map. They've actually got a map on their website that tells you what different hate groups are in different states and uh, kind of where they're based out of. So I found it really interesting as I was going through uh, looking through uh, the different things and they actually have it to where it's broken down in uh, different ways. So they've got a map. As I said, you can actually look by different ideologies. So if you want to look at anti-immigrant or maybe anti-LGBTQ, anti-Muslim, anything like that, all the way down to, you know, white nationalism, uh, neo-Volkism, uh, neo-Nazism, neo-Confederacy, all that kind of stuff uh, can all be found in this website, and it kind of gives you a comprehensive breakdown of some of the hate groups. Of course, not all of them are um, are going to be on here. I think it's just impossible. There's going to be some underground organizations that you can't find. But in 2019, the SPLC, again, the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, said there were a total of 940 hate groups that they were tracking across the United States. And uh, Mike, I don't know about you, but I think 940 hate groups is too many across one nation. That's uh, that's a thousand too many. Yeah, that's yeah, a thousand too many, man. And uh, what's kind of sad is we're both from the Lone Star State. You know, we're both Texans. And as I got looking through, uh, we are actually third. Texas is third in the amount of hate groups that are started and originated in uh, in that state, following only behind California, which has 88, and Florida, which has 67. But Texas has 63 hate groups uh, that are, you know, enshrined in the Texas population. And Mike, have you ever, have you ever ran into any of this of your own? You know, any of these uh, neo-Nazis, skinheads, Ku Klux Klan members, anti-immigration, uh, any of these like one percenter types that you've, uh, that you've ever had any dealings with? Uh, very rarely, but I have ran into a few. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised with California and Florida beating out texas like honestly there's california wouldn't be what i would expect to be the top pick there but right right everybody thinks you know everybody thinks of the california commies and all that kind of stuff you know but uh california just got such a huge population man that it's uh it's gonna you know there's gonna be people that think of all kinds of different things and all kinds of different ways and unfortunately there are folks that you know still believe in this uh this white national identity uh that was supposed to be for America, I guess, but I don't know. But uh, so, Mike, if you haven't dealt with a whole lot of hate groups, I would I would say you probably haven't ran into any kinist or kinism followers, have you? I can't say I have. Do you know what a kinist is? I do not. Okay, so a kinist or uh, somebody that believes in kinism is a it's a white national 
Christianic belief or Christian belief that uh, white folks and black folks and really folks of every different race and creed should be separated in their own individual area. So when I first read about this, uh, the thing that came to my mind is there's actually a movie that uh, me and you both love. I know we watched it a lot when we were teenagers. Uh, called the Boondock Saints, and it makes me think of that joke. They, uh, I can't remember the character's name in it, but uh, there's one time when Rocco is sitting down talking to the porn star uh, Ron Jeremy, and then the guy who's playing one of the bosses of like a uh, of like a Russian mafia type, right? Yeah. And Rocco tells this joke, you know, about uh, there's these three guys, and you know, guy says, "I want all my black, you know, brothers to be back in Africa. I want all my Mexican brothers to be back in Mexico." Then the white guy says, "Well, I'll have a coke." That that is kinism in a uh, in a nutshell, right there. That joke really is what kinist think. Now, the only thing that does separate them from some of these uh, white nationalists or white identity Christian types is that they do believe that uh, that folks of color are able to be saved through Jesus and are able to be you know saved and go to heaven and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, they've got a lot of the same beliefs that uh, that whites and blacks should be separated and that the whites actually were the the true descendants of Judea and that they are the pure breed. So I just find it really interesting, man, as somebody that grew up, uh, you know, in the Bible Belt, that there are so many Christian variants that have this same kind of ideology that white people are the true, you know, the true Christian race or whatever it is that you really can't be saved or really truly be a Christian unless you're a white person. I, I find that extremely funny, even though uh, I guess no one informed these guys that uh, Jesus was Arabic and Jewish. Right. Right. I mean, it's exactly it, man. And, and you know, it's that's what I find. Like you said, you it's funny, but at the same time, it's so sad just to have such a twisted twisted belief in this and you know the uh the thing that kind of got me into this what i was looking at like i said i was going through the southern poverty law center and what popped out to me is i was looking at texas hate groups and that's something that we're going to be doing uh over the next couple of weeks i want to single out some of these texas hate groups uh kind of talk a little bit about them right now most of our audience is in the state of texas and as i said that's where me and mike are from as well uh so i figured that was the best place to start as any so i am looking at white nationalist uh, groups. I've been looking at uh, the way that they've been um, portraying themselves. And there's kind of a new, if you haven't noticed, Mike, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, the neo-Nazi, the white supremacists, all that kind of stuff, everything was about violence and fear. Uh, nowadays, it's really becoming more about rhetoric and fear. Uh, it's more about a war of words and things like that. So this has definitely become more of a, I guess you could say a cold type race war where there's not as much actual violence. Of course, there is still violence. You can't, uh, can't say that there isn't any, but I would say at least, you know, 50 to 60% of this now is being fought in a war of words, especially on the internet over places like, uh, you know, social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, um, any of these other different, you know, it's really the only ones that I deal with is Facebook and Twitter, but uh, it's become a divisive topic for people. This, uh, this Christian religion that is a white nationalistic, because if you go back and you look through, uh, there's a lot of little shreds and pieces, even through things that I don't think most people would see as a kind of a white nationalist type identity that you are seeing flow through some of these social media posts from some of these big conservative Christian types. Oh, that's one thing the the internet's been a blessing and a curse is it as as it allows information to be so widely shared and spread, it also allows disinformation. It's also given a voice to these smaller groups that might, you know, otherwise not have an outlet to people. And it's kind of helped them grow and kind of you know the people some of the people out there like oh i don't belong or i feel singled out or i have these ideas and they they search and they go on the internet and they're like oh well these little ideas kind of line up with my ideas and they suck people in right right okay so let's uh i want to go ahead and get now it's kind of a brief 
overview, kind of a smattering of the kinism here. But now I want to go ahead and kind of get down more into the meat and potatoes of this actual event. So, as I said, looking through Southern Poverty Law Center, was looking through some of the hate groups in Texas. And I know I kind of got sidetracked when I started to say this before, but I came across a website. And Mike, the reason I found it so interesting is because me and you, we grew up in the uh, North Dallas suburbs. Um, I know that's not where you were born. I was born there. You were born more in the southern area of Texas, but I uh, I grew up there, man. I, I was there my entire life. And so what I find really sad is that now these groups are even starting to penetrate the areas where I thought, you know, I grew up the way I did. So I figured there was a uh, a collective of people that kind of thought the same way I did. You know what I mean? But now as you look through, there's actually one of these kinist racist organizations that has flourished from Plano. So Plano, Texas, folks, if you don't know, it's about what, Mike, uh, 15, maybe 20 miles north of Dallas. Uh, I'd say about 30 minutes. So somewhere around that range. Yeah, it's not far. Yeah, not far at all. Um, this was actually a start. This thing in Plano is called Tribal Theocrat. So they're called the Tribal Theocrats. And Mike, have you ever gone and talked to somebody that really wanted to portray how smart they were or how much they knew so they used nothing but big words the entire time? Uh, yes. And <laughs> I love it when you can prove them wrong, but God, I hate the American bastards that really a lot of the times they're not as smart as they portray themselves to be, but good luck getting them to admit that. Right, right. So I think that's kind of what I was getting to earlier about the war of words and everything. Uh, again, this is from the Tribal Theocrat. This is from their website. Uh, folks, I have already done all the scanning on this, so don't uh, don't waste your time going through and reading all this because it's a bunch of hogwash. But uh, in their about section, man, as I just went through, it's just the apps. It's like a word LARP. It's like they want to act like they're uh, these poets or these, you know, real deep intellectual thinkers uh but man i'm telling you like for instance here they say so in their about section here it says in response to the profound and utter decline of the west tribal theocrat advocates the, uh, advocates the robust application of the christian worldview devoid of all egalitarian and statist syncretism our written and audio media addresses taboo topics and other themes entirely negated by the church and state's leaders attempting to rescue our comrades from the group mind. Our two overarching convictions are all order, whether personal, familial, ecclesiastical, or state, is theocratic, and the highest ethical authority of every system is ultimately faith-based and pre-substitutional, rather than religiously neutral and empirical. In locating the final authority of any institution or society, you should have found its God. The ideal and informal uh, social order of families, and by extension communities and nations, is racial, not propositional. Blood, not ideology, forms the proper and lasting bond of affection and loyalty of any legitimate society. So, if you think the same, if you feel the same, if you love each other, doesn't really matter if you're not the same skin color. I, I... The only thing at first that comes to mind is someone really exercised the use of a thesaurus on this one. Because, <laughs> I mean, these words, like, they're not like it's it's right. not some profound idea. It's like, all right, we just we like, all right, hey, this word, hey, we want to say this. But all right, let's get the thesaurus out. Let's find some bigger, fancier words for it. And, yeah, it seems like other bullshit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, th this was kind of my introduction into kinism. So as we were talking about, so I had never heard of kinism before. Honestly, I just like I said, I just started doing this research not way too long ago. Uh, and I came across this and I saw, you know, there, there's there's no kinism direct. I guess you could say in this uh, there's not a big part or anything like that. There is some small articles and things like that. But it's just simply going through and looking at the kind of topics that these places are talking or that this place is talking about just for the fact that you're trying to say that you are a religious organization 
And then you're going to come through, let's, for example, one of the articles that was written in here is the dread and sacred N-word. Now, I went through and I read this article, and basically what this whole statement is, is it's saying that the the N-word, which I will not use here, is a prime example of how there is a a war against white folks and their freedom of speech the fact that they cannot use the n word just shows that people of african descent or people of uh, you know any kind of color or creed that are not white are trying to suppress the white man from being able to have free speech just from not being able to say one ignorant hateful word i i love how they had the arrogance to title that what, what was the title of that one more time the title was The Dread and Sacred N-Word. Sacred. I would like to know what part of that derogatory term is sacred. Right. And I mean, granted, no one's stopping you from saying it. Say it. You know, we have you have freedom of speech, but people neglect many times, oh, I have freedom of speech. Yes, you have freedom of speech, but you are not free of the consequences of your speech. Correct, correct. And if you think you're not able to say that word uh i would point to as we talked about in our first episode many of the karen videos that have come out you are more than you absolutely you go right on ahead and say the n-word but you better be ready to lose your job lose your friends lose your family uh lose your way of life all that kind of different stuff because if you are a racist piece of shit guess what you're going to get called out for being a racist piece of shit and duly deserved duly deserved man so uh, so Ken is a man is not a is not something that's been going on for way too long. Uh, the folks that are kind of big into it like to say that the foundation was set many many years ago, but really the concepts of Kenism uh, they seem that they came around right in the late nineties, early two thousands, right? Uh, most of my information coming about the actual Kenism movement is actually coming from the anti-defamation league. So all of this information can be found on ADL.org. Now, uh, again, this was Kenism was kind of brought to light in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, it was members of Pat the Patrick Henry chapter of the Virginia league of the South, which, uh, that's if any, I'm just telling you folks, I'm sorry if, uh, if I'm wrong on this, then prove me wrong, I guess, but any kind of organization that has of the South in their organization, you can just go ahead and pretty much call it racist. I was about to say, it sounds like a KKK m member or club. That's what it sounds like the name of, of the South. Like, uh, you know, we're more than just the South. We are a republic of many states. Like, they, you're, you're segregating yourself like South, North, East, West. Like, we're all in this together. Let's not fuck each other. Correct. Now, here's another thing that could have possibly made this kinism take off in the way that it has mike unfortunately the date that this was first uh the first principles were announced at this virginia league of the south meeting was september 7th 2001 so that was four days before the or excuse me not the domestic but the the terror attacks at the uh, world trade centers you know 9-11 everybody knows it as uh so four days before that is when this happened so that i can just imagine that all these people have been sitting there hearing about how all these different groups need to be separated and taken away from each other and then something like that happens and not you know, it's kind of one of those things where lightning can strike sometimes and there's these weird little coincidences and circumstances that really let some kind of small grassroots weird idea like this really take off. Oh, yeah. Just opportune moment when, you know, people are distraught and they're seeking answers or they're, you know, a tragic event happens and they happen to be at the right time to capitalize on it. Cause I imagine you had all these guys like, Oh, we need to do this. We need to do that. And you got all these angry people and they don't know where to direct that anger. They don't know what to do with it. And they have someone that comes along and says like, Hey, these, this is who you need to be mad at. Be angry at them. And people grab hold of all that. Right. Right. So 
As I said, with uh, they say, you know, Kenneth will say that these ideals have really been around for quite some time. It just took, you know, a, quite a while for somebody to actually put them down on paper and state them as their ideals. But so most of the uh, the ideals of Kenism comes from two men. It's Robert Louis Dabney. He was a 19th century Southern Presbyterian pastor and a Confederate Army chaplain. And then also Rasus John Rushdoni. Now, he was a 20th century theologian who founded the Christian Reconstructionism. Uh, and of course, that was a a very theocratic type interpretation of Christianity, very um, you know, this is the way it's going to be. Everything needs to be adhered to God's law. The law of man really doesn't matter as much as the law of God. So that's kind of there was his perception on that was uh, for Rush Doney. So Dabney now, he was a adnet slavery supporter. Uh, he was, as I said, he was a Confederate war veteran. He continued to support the Confederacy well after the Civil War. Um, he was always kind of looking to go back to that old Dixieland South. As soon as the uh, the Civil War was over, as soon as the Confederacy fell, he was one of the men that was trying to find a way to bring it back. But he also wanted it to be kind of a, a beacon, a example for all Christians across the globe of how to run a society. So that was kind of what he thought that... Uh, should be done is the confederacy should be risen back up to show everybody else in the world how christianity really should have been uh taken care of now he also believed that sl uh, freed slaves should not be allowed to vote he was against public education of both white and black folks and he claims that black slaves learn to be civilized only through interaction with their white masters so uh in his mind black folks were not a civilized race they were just you know, wild men that the white man had to teach. How convenient for him. I, I, so what the Confederacy, honestly, a bunch of sore losers. <laughs> right. You like, hey, you fought for your ideas, you lost, you're wrong. Like, let's move, move the fuck on. Like, right. the world has clearly, like, we, the world has moved past all this. These people live you know 400 years in the past and i i don't know what what's gonna take to wake them up and then realize like hey th this isn't dixieland this isn't you know th the wild wild west anymore we're in the modern era and get get with the program like i i don't understand how that people still hold on to these beliefs and like worship these old like confederate war criminals and be like oh they're great heroes da, 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 da. like there's what what good what do these people do good for society they didn't do anything they wanted to enslave people like i mean right if you flip it any other way they would be against it absolutely 100 percent. yeah i mean it's uh, that's what's so crazy about all of it is the fact that you know, and even people that are white folks that are, you know, kind of in a more middle to lower class, you know, they even fall into this. And I think it's just the visions of grandeur. You know what I mean? If you are a white person and you're hearing that, oh, you know, the white people are supposed to rule the world and, you know, everything's being taken away by the Jewish folks and the black folks and the Mexican folks and you're losing your jobs and you're losing all that. Yeah, just these idiotic desperate people looking for some kind of way that they can hang their head that they don't feel like a piece of shit at the end of the day it just boils down their, their their final excuse to feel sorry for themselves and they refuse to accept responsibility for their own actions and they're they're looking for someone else to blame for their current situation correct correct now so that, again, was uh, Dabney. He was one of the two guys that uh, Kinism really kind of embraces as their kind of uh, their predecessors. The other one, again, was Rush Doney. I hope I'm saying his first name right. It was Rusus. Actually, I could give a hell if I'm saying his first name right. But Rusus John Rush Doney, he actually had a weird kind of idea. Now, the thing that everybody really likes to here's okay how do i how do i backtrack to say this five years ago it was very popular 
for Republicans or, you know, extreme right wing thinkers to say that, you know, this is America. This is a democracy. Okay. Over the last couple of months and over the last year or two, that idea has kind of gone to the side. Now, uh, most of right-wing America would not consider us a democracy. They want to say that we are a republic. Uh, if you don't know really what the difference in those are, I, I can't help you a whole lot because I can't tell you the big difference in those either. But the reason why it's important is because it is kind of changing terms, something that you're not as used to. Because if you look with Rush Doney, what he is actually trying to say is that he wants to end democracy in America in favor of a Christian theocracy. So essentially, this group of Kenneths do believe that this country should be ran by the church. No centralized government. Uh, everything should be gone through locally organized Christian organizations. All schools should be Christian schools or people should homeschool their kids uh, because secular public school does not work. And they also would like to get rid of regular laws that we have nowadays and put back in ancient biblical laws. So you're going back to, you know, casting of millstones with people's necks, poking out eyes, taking off of hands, those kind of things is what he's wanting to go back to, or what this group is wanting to go back to. Well, that has got to be one of the most idiotic ideas of what we should do. And I mean, also, I'm pretty sure clearly stated we have a law, something about separation of church and state that's been, I think it's been around for a little while. I don't know if it's, it's not a terribly new law. I don't think it's something new. No, it's uh, kind of, I mean, it was kind of at the founding of our country, you know, because people, the, the people that came over and immigrated this way, and yes, I said immigrated, when they immigrated this way, that was what the whole purpose was for religious freedom, for religious, you know, not to be religiously persecuted, or at least that's what all the history books say. So what what are we really trying to do? Because if we're trying to separate church and state, that is the best way of actually having religious, you know, open, just to have open religious tolerance. Because if you have one religion that is dominating the entire way of life, you know, there is going to be that religious persecution is what I'm trying to say here. If you're a non-Christian, then you will become persecuted. So was this country really founded to get away from Catholicism? Or was it founded so you could come over here and be Christians and say, okay, well, now if you're not a Christian, then you're not allowed to be a part of this country? Which one is the real answer? And first of all, I'd like to say to anyone that wants to argue that, I'd like to see them trace their bloodline back and see where are you from. Because right. I guarantee you, probably 90, at least, oh, I, I don't have any facts to actually, actually back this up at the moment. But I'd probably say a good, probably 95% of people in this country currently living there do not have their roots here like they say oh my i've been here so many generations yes mm -hmm. you've been here a while but very few you know you're not native to this country we are all of us not all of us but majority of us, our families have immigrated here at one point or another for various reasons correct correct and you know that's another thing i kind of find funny <laughs> now that you say that uh, with these Kenists, what they're saying, okay, well, you know, all the races should be separated and all this and that, and everybody should be going back to where they came from. Okay, well, then y'all need to pack your shit up and start heading back to England or France or wherever the hell you came from. Because so, America, this should be the Native American's land. <laughs> I mean, it's literally in the name. Native American, American Indians. This is their land. This is where they came from. So if we all got to separate and go back to where the hell we came from, sounds like we need to leave America. Yes. I mean, it's just absolute insanity. Now, some of the other crazy shit these guys believe is, uh, you know, they generally support uh, the fact that white men, 21 and older, should be the only ones allowed to vote. So, again, you should only be a part of the white Christian class of men that will be allowed to vote. And you had to be 21 years or older. And they also are against racial intermarriage. They believe in a purity of the white uh, race, and they want to 
keep that going as long as possible. So uh, really, it's just all the kind of checkbox you can hit. Again, the only thing that they have um, that's slightly different, and I guess, you know, they're all evil, terrible people, but uh, the only one thing you could say for them is they do believe, I guess, that, uh, you know, minorities could be saved and go to heaven. So, hey, that's another thing. So do you think that God's going to have heaven segregated? You know what I mean? Is there a black heaven, a white heaven, a Mexican heaven? I mean, can you imagine how many different kind of heavens there would be at that kind of point? You'd have to have what, like a thousand different kind of heavens. (laughs) Oh, you, the, the number would be staggering. And honestly, I would, I would love to get a chance to talk to one of these kinesisms. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see I'd like to see some answers to that question. I'd like to see some responses to that. Just because right. I, I I feel like they wouldn't have a strong answer to it, or they'd probably just bust out their thesaurus again and come up with some big words and just run around in a bunch of circles, not actually having anything concrete. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and that's Uh, that's the thing about these kind of things. You kind of start looking into them and they're very easily taken apart. You know what I mean? It's just the very, you know, whenever you're a little kid and you're watching a movie or whatever, or you're watching a movie with your friends and they say, Oh, oh, this is great. I love it. And you kind of start picking little holes at the plot the whole time. This is the exact same thing that's going on here. You've got nothing because (laughs) everything kind of just all falls back in onto itself. So that's really just, uh, it's really idiotic. And so is their view that uh, here's what they say. Here's what kinism people will say is the real issue with them. They say that all other races other than whites are allowed to express love for their race. But if a white Christian expresses love for their race, then they are evil. That's what they say is their problem. And Mike, I don't know about you, but I'd say, oh, I don't know, about 60 to 70 percent of this world is kind of built in an homage to white people. Am I wrong in this? Uh, I'd have to agree. I mean, also, I mean, look at our other Confederate statues that have been getting torn down. Who, what race were those men? Right. They were white. The majority, like, I mean, the white race has been, you know, been portraying itself as superior for quite some time. I mean, you know, I mean, World War Two. I mean, look at Hitler, his ideology, like it's been dominant for a long time and times have changed. And honestly, there's, there's no need for a dominant race, a superior race. They think of, you know, oh, keep it pure, like uh, get the fuck out of here. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> right right so you know any christian organization they're gonna they're gonna start trying to dig down into their bibles there and start trying to find answers so mike the way that they're trying to justify what their ideas and their beliefs here is they said that god preached of different nations which they say can be, you know, interpreted as different races or ethnic groups or anything like that. But they they say that kinism is not just for white people. It offers, you know, community to all different groups and subsets which value their heritage and identity. So let me ask you this question, Mike. I, I really don't understand the logic, and maybe you can help me out with it, to create an entire identity, an entire belief system that says that white people are superior and then try and go out and say, oh, well, you know, this isn't actually just for us. Now, you're our subordinates. You're lower than us, but you are definitely more than welcome to enjoy our religion. Just here's the textbook. Here's the source material and shit. And you go over there because that's what the religion's about is you being separated. So can you explain to me how you can in one side of your mouth say we're all going to be separate, but then on the other side of your mouth say, well, really, we can all use this ideology. Hey, it's kind of the it goes along with the tune and song and dance that you know your neo Nazis and your KKK and your white supremacist groups have changed their narrative from we're not white supremacists, we're you know white nationalists. Like 
we're just proud like we're not against other people like you can do you but we're we we're gonna do us over here like they just try to change their narrative and change some verbiage to try and be accepted i guess even though they don't want to be accepted they don't want to accept other people but i guess they're just trying they change the narrative to i guess change you know hopefully people don't recognize that oh uh we're actually just white supremacists you know we change but we hey no we're white nationalists now we took you know we're not that even though you preach all the same things and you know you really haven't changed anything you just change your name you put you you paint it yourself a different color but still the same old ignorant racism and hate underneath right right that's well said there buddy well you know and they don't uh you know the candidates they don't stop at as i said not just necessarily a race also ethnic backgrounds as well uh they are actually very well known to be vehemently anti-semitic as well uh they often refer to jewish people as antichrist and you know that that's again something that as we were talking about before that i just i don't understand with the white nationalist or the white identity or anything like this, how they can say all these different things about Jewish people whenever their God literally was a Jewish man. I can't see the logic. I can't see the ladder. I can't see the steps there that are necessary. You know, it's just, it's college level mind bending to get yourself to believe that, you are the superior white race that follow the superior white Jesus whenever white Jesus really was an Arabic Jewish man. It will never make sense to me ever, Mike, ever. Well, that's what's convenient about religion is that it's open to interpretation. And these people, they take they take an idea and they're like, oh, this is the way I interpret it. And they just bend ideology into their view and say oh this is the this hey if you believe that you're you're doing it wrong you need to do it this way when there's not oh what's there's not like a concrete way like hey it's black and white this way it's open interpretation for individuals and people are using that to push their own agenda mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, it's exactly it it's exactly it well, as we uh, started with back at the beginning, man, so the tribal theocrats, that's kind of the one that, or the tribal theocrat, that's this website, uh, it says the return of ethno-non-nationalism and Christian law, that's their, their little tagline there, and it is ran by one, so the Anti-Defamation League actually has uh, this website listed on their website as well. And it is run by a man named Christian Gray. Now, that is not a, you know, I guess it technically could be a fake name, but that's really what he goes by. Uh, people will recognize that that is the the main character in Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, or, you know, I guess one of the main characters. I didn't read it. I know you didn't read it either, Mike. But this is, uh, it's not... You know, we're not talking about some fake character here. So the real person named Christian Gray, Gray created his, uh, and this is quoted directly from ADL right here. Uh, so from ADL.com, Gray created his Kenneth website, Tribal Theocrat, in 2011. He has done a series of podcasts in which he examines the theological, historical, and racial basis of kinism. Despite his explicit racism and anti-Semitism, he argues that the issue of hatred doesn't even come to bear the def definition or practice of kinism. He accuses social Marxists, i.e. Jews, of promoting integration after 1950 and disrupting the accepted segregation of all races. Again, his views uh, bile his racism when he asserts that the goal of forced integration was never equality and justice for all races, but death to whites by granting non-whites access to our women. Mike, did you know that there is a grand conspiracy for every black man in the world to knock up a white woman? I love when they they always go back to that. Even, <laughs> even like all your Jim Crow logs, like uh when they like you know the nfa different laws like hey they're gonna come over here on the reefer madness and they're gonna kill your livestock they're gonna kill you they're gonna rape our white women <laughs> they're gonna like the white woman like 
But hey, these women can't vote. They don't have any say or anything. But damn it, they're important. We can't let them go and like, like it's almost like they treat them like they're property. Like they're the like, like obviously it's even worse to be a woman in their society because you even have less say. Right, and you're not allowed to vote even though you're a white person. So that's just, uh, you know, that's I just it's such a. God, it's such a hard topic, you know what I mean? We'll have to get into this one day, but and uh, this isn't the, the discussion for today, but it is so weird that, you know, in our culture, in our world, that men want women to be treated with respect and dignity, and we want to make sure that all of our women, nothing ever happens to them, and all this kind of shit. Until I get mad, until I get upset, until I want to bother a woman, whenever I want to be a creepy weirdo, whenever I want to be a sexist, whenever I want to be a misogynist, then it's okay. But if anybody else is doing it, no, we have to protect the white women. That is an absolute just mind bend, a mind fuck if I've ever heard one. And it is just trapeze artists walking up on a high line that have no idea what the hell they're doing. And it is infuriating to me. Honestly, probably a majority of these people either have like a small man syndrome or they, they just have a thirst for power over the people around them and probably lack any control of their own actual lives. And they feel like, all right, I'm going to preach this idea and trying to empower themselves and to control people. It's a power trip. Right. Right. It's exactly. And that's, you know, that's like what we were saying earlier. It's these people are, are broken. They're ignorant. They're, you know, they're scared. They think that they're going to be pushed out and all this kind of stuff. Whenever they don't, you don't see man that you, nobody's trying to push you out. Nobody's trying to move you away. If you're willing to work, that's the great thing about this country, man. If you're willing to work your ass off, then you're, you know, you might have a chance of getting somewhere, but you know, of course, none of it's guaranteed. And if you've uh, got skin color, that's uh, white and it's a lot easier for you to do it. That's just the honest to God's truth. But man, this is, this is not a country where everybody's out to get everybody at all times. Now, of course, there's predatory people uh, in every, you know, every country, every corner of the world. But I choose to believe that most people are good people, no matter, you know, your creed, your origin, your ethnic background, whatever it is. They're, they're good people out there in the world, man. So just to, to totally shut down and act like you can't benefit or you can't get some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of something good out of another group that they're just going to come and take and kill and maim and destroy everything you've got. I, I just don't see it, man. We're, you know, we're not dealing with Genghis Khan here. <laughs> Hate's not genetic. No. It's not. It, it's absolutely not it, genetic, man. It's taught, and it's it's these people that teach it. Like, and then I think it's funny. It's like you know, all the white man. This, like, honestly, if you feel like you're uh, an oppressed white person in this society, pull your head out of your ass. Yes. Like, I mean, yes, people had it better than others, but I promise you, you ain't had it worse than other people. Like right. you're not suppressed. You're not like if anyone's if you're being oppressed, it's by your damn self, and you're because you're a fool. Like, yeah, and of course nobody's a fan of Zuckerberg. Nobody likes Mark Zuckerberg. You know what I mean? But if you feel like you're oppressed because Facebook keeps saying, "Oh, this is false information on your Facebook page," well, hey, guess what, dumbass? Start looking up your information because then whenever they put that stuff up, most of the time it's true. Now, can I admit that they go a little far sometimes? Absolutely. But if you put up some kind of crazy, you know, oh, COVID nineteen, it's only killing point oh oh three percent of people, and dirt dirt dirt. You're just putting up a bunch of bull, bull crap facts. Yeah, guess what? They're going to censor you. And if you're spouting off a bunch of racist Nazi propaganda, sorry, you're going to get shut down as well. That's just the way the world works nowadays. I It's funny you say I, I saw a post uh, a little while back. Someone posted, I believe it was COVID related or they, it was related to some current topic. And they post about it. And someone asked them, it's like, wait, is this true? And then the person who shared the information then comment said, 
oh, I don't know what's true. I don't know if it is or isn't. And I'm thinking it's like, if you don't know whether that's true or not, or don't know about it, why are you spreading this information like it is? Because, I mean, plenty of people could probably see that. And then because you shared it, they would take it as facts when you and yourself are like, oh, I don't know if it's real or not. And that's that's one thing about the Internet being a double edged sword is as much as we can spread information, we can spread disinformation and people do not they people do not know how to research or fact check. No, that's why you're seeing the rise of all these groups like, you know, this tribal theocrat, QAnon, uh, the Proud Boys, you know, all these different kind of all all crossing against totally different sections of society and culture. But they've all boiled back down to this one idea of white nationalism. That's free. That's not call it white, white supremacists. That's the correct name for them. Well, sure, sure. There's white supremacy is a blanket term. There, there. Whenever I say white, whenever I say these kind of things, there's actual breakdowns of different different ways to be described. So again, please don't take that offensively or anything like that. There's just there's different subsects of these different things. Oh, I, I definitely agree, and I, I don't. I just don't want them to give them the satisfaction of them trying to change their narrative or their verbiage by using or or nationalists or this or that. Like, no, you're racist, ignorant piece of shit. Right. Right. No. And you see, that's the thing is we're kind of seeing this this progression. You know what I mean? Started with the KKK, who are just a bunch of backwood hillbilly, you know, weirdos that were running around in bed sheets to then you had your neo-nazi movement to now you are having this white supremacist white nationalism whatever you want to call it uh it just it seems like unfortunately they are they're getting better in their presentation and that's the really scary part as you deal with uh, all these different you know, sites and videos and everything that are trying to red pill these different teenagers. And that's the real, you know, problem with a lot of these types of groups is they're going after younger and younger folks. You know what I mean? They're trying to get to kids young. And that's, uh, that's, that's the really scary part. And speaking of the KKK man in conclusion with our kinism here. So, um, this new generation of Christian kinists, they are again, white supremacists. They are, inviting in other more radical versions of racist, including skinheads, neo-Nazis, all these different kinds of groups are now being invited into these kinism groups because they kind of share a lot of the same ideological or ideological principles there. Uh, matter of fact, there is one group in Tennessee that is an affiliated skinhead group called Blood and Honor, and it is a Kenist church that calls itself the Southern Knox Kenist Congregation. And can you guess how congregation is spelled? It's not with a K, is it? It is. So it's the S-K-K-K. The Southern Knox Kenneth Congregation, and if that right there doesn't tell you exactly where this this group's focus is, then I don't know how else to explain it to you. You know what? Can we go to these groups and be like, you know what? We're gonna let you separate, but instead of separating it, removing everyone else, here, uh, can we just all give them a one-way uh, ticket to Epstein Island? <laughs> I mean. At this point, man, I, I, whatever it takes to get rid of them, let's just do it. Yeah, like, hey, you know what? Here, here's a land all for you. Right. And, you know, that's another problem with, you know, the, the fact that Christianity is being brought into this. Whether you're a Christian or not, I really don't care. Um, what it gets down to, man, is that there is this emboldening effect, okay? If you feel that God is behind you and that your ideals are what God wants to happen, then, man, it seems like it can really, really take off very quickly. Um, And these people are not the types that they're kind of like in or out. These are people that are all the way in there. So uh, it's just really sad to see this uh christian organization your christianity as a whole used as a 
as a tool to continue the racism. They're getting desperate. Oh, they're suppressors. They're taking it away. They're they're going to take our women. They're going to take our white women. Who's going to make my sandwich? Vidalia. Oh, my sweet Vidalia. These <laughs> stupid fuckers. Stupid, stupid. So, yes, so that that's what I got for you on Kenism. Uh, again, didn't get a, you know, I, when I started this out, I can tell you how I kind of got going this way. When I first started out, want to talk about today's episode. I, I first wanted to start talking about QAnon. Um, as I started doing more research on QAnon, I realized how massive and how much research actually needs to be go in for me to actually be able to talk at some kind of knowledge about QAnon. So that's going to have to wait for another day. So I started looking into other hate groups, um, started looking through the Poverty Law Center, as I said, Southern Poverty Law Center, saw that there was one again near my hometown. Um, this one, you know, the what was it? The Tribal Theocrats was based in Plano, Texas, close to where I'm originally from. Like I said, it kind of hit home, you know what I mean? So this isn't what I was planning on talking about today, but I thought it'd be a good first episode, you know, first real episode for us to kind of talk about it and kind of give folks an idea of what we're going to be talking about. Of course, we're still new. We're, um, we're kind of getting the hang of this, as you would say, you know what I mean? Me and you have worked together before, but not anything that's quite as in-depth as this or as serious as this. So starting to trying to get ourselves figured out here, but I think it went pretty well. For this and uh, we're hoping that you folks will continue to give us a chance to kind of open your eyes and uh, bring some of these different groups out to you kind of talk about some of these hard-hitting topics and uh, just really show you that even though you know I just said most people are probably born good unfortunately it seems like the people that were born bad uh, have a real good way of putting on that sheep's clothing and going out and taking out uh, taking out a bunch of sheep's with them. I'll argue that they weren't born bad. They were raised and taught. Sure. That's actually way more correct than what I said. And one thing I have to say about it, it's funny on their, these this website, y'all are just trying, just they're getting desperate and they're trying to use any means possible, like use imagery, religion, verbiage, to reel in the people that, you know, are susceptible to these groups. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of these people, if they kind of have these ideas, they're not going to go through. And uh, there, there is multiple different written articles on this website. And if you go through and you look at them, uh, there are these big, long written articles. And they've got, you know, points and they've got quotes from other different things that they're arguing against. But... If you go through and you look and you try and find these quotes from the people, you know, uh, for instance, this guy right here, his name is uh, Mickey Henry. He wrote an article called Moses's Ethiopian Wife that was in that is written on this tribal theocrat website. Well, if you go on here and you look, he's got a bunch of different quotes and a bunch of different little pieces from different websites and things. But. Whenever you go to those actual websites, you can't find the text that they're pulling. So uh, for another example here, as I go through and I look, where was this one at? It's the Joel McDermott versus reality. So this is written by Colby Malsbury. And when you click on this and you see the different things that Joel McDermott's wrote, which Joel McDermott's not exactly a great person either, uh, but you look at all these quotes that they're pulling from his article and you go and you look at McDermott's original piece, they're, they're nowhere to be found. Like these are all completely fabricated quotes that were made up by this Davis Carlton guy to try and slam Joel McDermott. And it, it's just a very, it's a very untrustworthy site. And, you know, of course, if you're going to, you know, do these kind of things, most of the people that are going to read this aren't going to click around and check your source materials. So, uh, that's another thing, folks, that people link stuff. Make sure you go through and double check their work and make sure that they're getting it completely because this is just trash. Oh, that's I, I hate that's something so easily done, either misquoting or they'll take bits and pieces like, all right, they said this and they'll just take out this line and then they'll, they'll delete this uh, paragraph here and put it with this one. And look, he said this and that and. Yeah, you really need to look at what people are trying to represent you wholly and look at 
you know, where they're getting their information from, because more than likely, you know, it's either pieced together, patchwork, or even completely fabricated altogether. Well, Mike, this has been a interesting adventure. I've read, goodness, even just today, I've spent about four hours reading through all this absolute crap and it's been a (laughs) it's been a hell of a day we'll put it that way but mike you know as i usually like to do no matter what show or whatever it is that we're doing i always like to kind of end things on a good note or a positive or whatever maybe something funny or anything like that so before we do roll out of here i do want to talk about uh what happened i don't know if you saw it but the East Area Rapist, Golden State Killer, Visalia Ransacker, whatever you know him as, Joseph James D'Angelo was actually sentenced for his numerous crimes. And I don't, do you know anything? Do you, I know you're not much into the true crime, but do you know much about the Golden State Killer? I've, I've heard of the name. I, I, I'm not, I can't bring it to memory at the moment. Yeah, so basically, man, he uh, he was a guy in California who uh, murdered 13 people, raped 50-plus women, and burglarized 120-plus homes. Now, uh, this was done between 1973 and 1986, uh, so he was, you know, he was active for quite a few years there, um, terrorized lots and lots and lots of people, man. I mean, just some of the most horrific things. I mean, uh, what he would do is he would like break into houses and he would tie up the man, you know, put, uh, you know, the husband or whatever, he would tie him up, put his arms behind his back. And then he put like plates on his back so he could hear if he was moving. And then he'd take his wife or his daughter or whoever, you know, into another area and would rape them and eventually started killing these people off and all this stuff. And it's just an absolutely horrible set of crimes. And uh, actually, back in 2018, man, he was caught. Uh, he was caught from a uh, a DNA website, you know, like uh, 23andMe or anything, those kind of different websites. A, yeah. a uh, this, not a descendant, but a family member of his, you know, sent in their DNA one day. And sure enough, uh, that's all public record. So the cops were kind of looking through it, found uh, Joseph James D'Angelo's I think it was his nephew ended up tracing it back to James D'Angelo. He was arrested. And long story short, he was charged on Friday, was given the maximum. Now, he did plead guilty. So the death penalty was taken off the table for him. That was the agreement. The death table or death penalty was taken off the table if you would agree to uh, plead guilty. But he was given the maximum amount of time that was available to him which was 11 life sentences without the possibility of parole another life sentence plus five years or plus eight years so uh, joseph james d'angelo will rot and die in prison took him long enough but you know what you gotta love modern science yeah I know. I think uh, that modern science is maybe something we should be investing in a little bit more rather than uh, rather than police cruisers and uh, badges. What do you think there, Mr. Mike? Oh, oh, there's a lot more things that we can invest into our communities and society as a whole than militarizing our police. But uh, that's for another episode. That is for another episode. That's exactly what I was going to say, but you'll have to come back to hear us talk on that. So, Mike, I think this is a good one, buddy. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, sir. You have a good one, and thank you all for listening. Keep it classy. Yes, keep it classy. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support us, there will be different ways that you'll be able to do that in the near future. We'll get that out to you. We'll uh, we'll be around. You can always reach us again. You can send me an email, taylor at gmail.com. Go ahead and uh, send me out an email. We will get it taken care of for you. Any topics, any discussions that you want to have, uh, we are more than happy to have that. Also do want to announce that we will be having a debate series. Um, so there will be some friendly debates and things are going to be happening. We will, those will be kind of more of a bonus type episode or maybe towards the end of an episode. Cause I know there's a lot of folks that don't want to hear people, you know, debate and argue and go back and forth and that kind of thing. But, um, 
based on the fact that I live in Texas, and so does Mike, we know quite a few people that have some opposing views, or you know, sometimes we may just have regular interviews or things like that, but we will be having a series of uh, debates that will be coming out as soon as we know more about that. We'll be getting with you. We'll be setting up is uh, with a girl named Natalie. She is a um, she's actually from Great Britain, from England, uh, immigrated over here. I think when she was six or seven, and she is a white immigrant as compared to the brown immigrants or black immigrants or any other type of ethnic group immigrant that makes it over this way. And we're just going to talk to her with uh, the differences that she's seen in her life versus some of her friends that are immigrants of different colors. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of interesting information. And I think we've got a whole lot of good stuff to continue talking about here on the Kofifi Brothers. So as Mike said, we appreciate you all and we'll see you next time. 